banter on the boards with your host Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the banter is as ferocious as that Timberwolves defense, man, number one in the league. Like, it, did not see this coming. It's kind of insane. Nobody expected Rudy Gobert to go into a cave for like I don't know sixty hours, build this new defense up with a box of scraps like Tony Stark. Like, apparently he's come to that to that office and he was like, I got a plan. Him and the coaching staff came together. They built this new thing around him. And I don't know, was it Utah? Like, what was the thing going on? Apparently, Rudy Gobert, D- defensive player of the year mode, is back. And they're, they're on top of the West for a reason right now. It's crazy. Bro, I mean, like, last year, you you thought this was going to happen, right? Like, that was the whole idea. Of I had hope. Bear and Cat together. And they just could never figure it out. And so, like, this this season, I was like, no. They had a full season of playing together. Didn't really, you know, come together. There was no cohesion. Man, this year, they have been fire. 14-4. and four, And, I mean, since the first game of the season, 14-3. and three. I mean, losing to our Raptors, but... <laughs> we gotta we gotta just take we gotta take that, that one right we gotta take that one while we can but it's been pretty incredible to see this team come together you know people talk about anthony davis wanting to play the four and needing that solid center well i mean it worked when they had dwight howard for example right so sometimes it, if you want to run this double big line it becomes together we see cleveland trying to make it happen with mobley and jared allen it's successful some nights and other nights it may not be the best but that's the thing right it's all a work in progress until it comes together and if we want to talk about the teals a bit before we move on simply put you have to also talk about anthony edwards right like this defense has been fantastic but it's also you know confidently anchored by the fact that it ant-man has blown up in this league the guy is shooting 55 percent on long two-pointers which is insane to think about he's almost a 60 percent true shooter 32 percent usage like he's him he's here the guy's trying to get that championship real quick so he can go and play in the nfl already like it's it's a weird it's a weird time for minnesota fans he's a funny character man yeah yeah. because like he doesn't like coming out of the draft you know that was the biggest concern about him is like his like want his character of, of like do i love basketball and he's even come out and said, you know, like basketball isn't everything for him. Yeah. Uh, man, is he good? Like, if if basketball isn't that important to him, could you imagine if he worked like a LeBron James or or you know a Kobe Bryant? Like yeah. the the peaks that he could reach with his athleticism and natural ability is just ridiculous, man. Um, but heck, man, he's still one hell of a player, even with the the level of commitment that he has, and it, like. Don't get me wrong. His level of commitment is still high. He can't oh, yeah. see this player without practice. But the natural athleticism on this kid, you're right. He could go play in the NFL as a wide receiver. Guys would be hard-pressed to stop him from catching a ball. It's it's fun. Like I really hope this team can keep it together. The T-Wolves have been a pleasant surprise, I think, for a lot of people. You know, I didn't think they'd be flying this high. And, you know, obviously there's still a lot of season left. We've barely hit that 20 game mark for certain teams and so you know we we're gonna watch this team i'm definitely like i I tuned into a full t-wolves game you know just a couple of nights ago and it was it was a pleasure to watch this because like i'll be honest i've been a rudy gobert hater at times you know the man did kind of shut down the whole world at at the end of the day these things happen but he's a heck of a defender and you know if if his defensive player of the year campaign hasn't been started amongst the media it needs to already because it's kind of unreal what what is happening over there 
bro, we're we're early in the season, you know, like 20, 20 games in. It's it's tough to to throw a defensive player of the year and MVP candidates this early. I know the media loves to do it, but oh, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think once they start doing it, Rudy Gobert is going to be definitely at the at the top of that list. Um, he's just been phenomenal, man. But let's go back to our takes. Um, you were four or five calling the the Tuesday playing games from our last time. You were real close, man. I mean, the only team that really let you down was our Raptors. You know, we were we were joking about it. I should have picked Orlando to win. Because then I still would have been four and five. I still would have been wrong. But at least Toronto would have came out with the W. You know, every other team, yeah. every other team looked out for me. They tried. You know, and and I'll take four out of five. You know, usually on a on a nice money line, you're allowed to get one wrong. So I'll take that as a W in my books. Oh man, it, it's not bad. I mean, four out of five games is a pretty good score considering I was zero one. I mean. <laughs> Dallas, uh, <laughs> Dallas lets me down. Giannis drops 40, 15, and 7 on them. I mean, what I can mean, you do? It is, what, it is what it is. Losing by 7 when Giannis has that kind of a stat line, it could be worse. It could and, be a lot worse. And, like, at the end of the day, Dallas has been maybe sliding a little bit, but that, that's fair when you think about the competition they've been playing. And Giannis and Dame have seemingly figured it out. They've had some pretty great stretches recently. They've played well. And so taking a loss like that ain't the end of the world when you're talking about some of the best teams right now at the top of the tables. 14 and four, man, as they like try to figure out where each other is going to be playing is, is a pretty good stretch for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're going to be a very, very formidable. And, you know, most people are thinking that they'll probably win the NBA championship at the beginning of the season and, it's looking like it's still. I know, like, you know, Orlando out here, Minnesota, Denver, Boston, like, all looking great, man. But I would just be hard-pressed to take anybody but Giannis and Dave. We, we, we love Giannis over here. Much like, I mean, Matt's a Giannis fan. He's a Westbrook fan. Maybe we'll talk about Westbrook later, talk about those those failing Clippers. But not, Matt's always, he, he throws his dice, you know. Sometimes we, we, sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. But let's talk about the Raptors, man. Let's talk about a team that is... You know, definitely dice rolling right now, doing a lot of different things to figure out what is what is going on. And eight and nine, are we happy? Do we feel good? I, I don't know if I feel great, but I feel like happy that at least we're trying things right now. In ten, um, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just been it's been rough, man. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just like very middling. It seems like. Siakam and Scotty can't really coexist together on the court. Um, when one is up, the other is down. Like I sent yeah. you that stat the other day, um, you know, from the first 17 games of the season where, you know, Scotty's usage is 25%. He's averaging 23 points per game on 51% shooting. And then in those games, you know, Siakam's only getting 20% usage and he's only averaging 15 points on 40%. And then, you know, the last 10 games, the first seven games were like that. The last 10 games, their usage kind of flipped. Scotty went down to about 21. Yeah. You know, goes up to 28. And their stats completely flipped. You know, 16 for Scotty, 23 for Siakam, 58% for Siakam, 42% for, for Scotty. And I think that, like, Scotty really wants to be that guy. It's clear when they're talking after the Suns game and they're, you know, asking him about the defense and like, oh, well, you guys are really good <laughs> defensively. Like, what is that? And he's like, well, you know, like we got long, long guys and I'm a great defender. OG's a great defender. Pascal's a good defender. And like, yeah, he said, good. That's a slight, man. Like when you're going down, like 
he clearly changed his word, yeah. which downgrades Siakam. Like it just, it's that selfishness that comes out in games like the the Brooklyn game, you know, or games like the Cleveland game. That's why we lose is because we get a little too selfish. It's it's a seesaw effect between the two of them, right? It's the classic can't coexist because of wanting to be in the same places on the court and do similar things at the same time and. You know, I'm a I'm a Siakam fan. I, I love me some Siakam. He's done great things for us. And, you know, we talked about Fred moving on and how that was a good thing for our organization. And how long are we going to talk about the need to maybe move on, right? Everyone in the NBA is obsessed with the all-around player, the guy who can do everything, you know, the, the, the LeBron superstar archetype. But you know what makes those players win championships not just be goats great players not just make all nba teams but win championships it's the right team around them it's the right role players you can't just have 12 guys that are great at everything because then you know you have a night where everybody can't hit a shot well you're losing games right you need to have that versatility across your roster and the raptors are still that that's why like you know darko's comments uh, i think a week ago talking about how sky needs to find the specific things that he's really good at you know whether or not sky needs to focus on this or that like the fact that that's the mentality that he has, that he's thinking about with these players, is trying to find the best of the best. Like that's when we win games, is when the best of our players can come out and thrive, and we just want to see more of it, so we can, you know, be not just middling in this table at the end of the day. Well, I, yeah, I think that that's the issue. Is that um, you know everybody loves that versatile player, but when you have too many of them, they kind of become redundant. And unfortunately, in Pascal, in Precious, in OG, in Scotty, we have four. And four is a very big glut yeah. of, of one position, and we lack on the on the guard side. And really, those players are only maximized when you have, you know, really great shooting around them. And we don't. Um, you know, those four players, they take up, you know, four of our 15 roster spots, and we don't have enough shooting. We haven't invested in that, you know, aspect of our team enough. Um, Grady, hopefully, will figure it out in the G League. Um, Malachi's been kind of figuring it out, but like, what's his ceiling, man? Like, seriously, maybe the guy on a championship roster, maybe, you know, getting fifteen minutes a night <laughs> at max, and then you're like, you know, I like Schroeder, and he's been having a, a heck of a season. Don't get me wrong, but absolutely, he's just, you know, not that type of player to push us over the edge. So, like we've been talking about it since last year. We've been talking about it for multiple years, man. If we can trade Siakam for some guard help and really build around Scotty, who's taken that leap this year. Yes. I mean, he's averaging career highs across the board. <clears throat> I think it's a no-brainer, man. And like he's he's most maximized when he's got shooters. He's a big slashing forward who has amazing vision. What like what are we talking about? Yeah, Go exactly. get us like go get us a Seth Curry. Go get us a, a JJ Redick type. I they're harder to come by in this league, and I think that's what you and I have been talking about. Is that like where are the guards? Like which guard are we gonna get? You either have like superstar guards, or you have guards that aren't really like you know gonna move the needle. It, it's it's a really fun conversation, right? Because on the one hand, we talk all the time about how you know the league is ready for expansion. You know we could have more teams. There's enough talent. There's enough guys across the G League that could fill rosters. And then on the other hand, you have us as fans who are middling teams going, we want to make our teams better, and who's willing to give up the pieces? Because everybody wants those pieces, those those better plays. And, you know, Siakam is an all-star. He's a fantastic piece, but 
what team is in the perfect situation to give a spot. We hope maybe Orlando might want to give us one of their guards, but now they're sitting 13-5 and five at the top of the table and going, eh, maybe we want to keep what we're going on because we are so young and we don't want to mess with it. Like, this is, this is the point. Like, if a trade is there that can slot us in to get us what we need because we've proven, like, I mean, Gary's had his moments. He's been showing up and been better recently compared to the dog water that maybe was the start of the reason. Sorry, Gary, but the start of the season was not great for you. But this is the thing. We need more. We've proven after almost 20 games that this team is what it is, right? It has its ups and downs. It has its great moments, but it is not cohesively sound for what needs to be a playoff bound team. Well, I just think that like, you know, like a lot of the offseason talk was about the selfishness and it's that, you know, that selfishness creeping back in. Gary wants to be an all-star guard and he wants to show more instead of just being, you know, a fantastic shooter. Um, a guy like Max Struess, you know, doesn't have the athleticism of Gary Trent, doesn't yeah. have the creation ability of a Gary Trent, isn't the type of finisher of a Gary Trent, but the man knocks down three-point shots he turns around a screen and pulls up immediately. There's no hesitation. Buckets. And he is more valuable to the Cleveland Cavaliers than Gary Trent Jr. is to the to the Toronto Raptors. You yeah. know, without Max Drews' performance in that Cleveland game, they don't win. You know, he dropped 20 points on us like that because he's just hitting threes. And we need, we need that on the Raptors. And, you know, Gary's got the shot to do it. Yeah. He just... He wants to be like an isolation scorer. He wants to be, you know, a team's engine. And unfortunately, like, that's not going to happen with the Raptors. It's just not. We've seen him for long enough. We know him well enough. He's, he can't carry a team and, and, you know, be a top five ops offense. Whereas, like, we're hoping Scotty can develop into that. And we're seeing good flashes of it. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, man. We need a guard. We, we live in... We live in this purgatory of question marks as Raptors fans since the championship. It's always, what do we need here? What do we need there? And it's like, this is what it's like to want to be a contender and be holding on to the scraps of the past. Now we've, with Darko, we've moved into a new era. We've, you know, pretty much severed the ties from our, our championship life. Obviously, Siakam is still a pretty big hold from there. OG kind of gets a pass for you know, getting his appendix taken out and not really, yeah, his appendectomy not really being involved when it comes to that. And so, you know, it's time. As much as we don't want to accept it and maybe we don't want to be awful, because, like, here's the thing. We move Siakam, we get pieces, even if they're not great pieces, we're still decent. We're not, like, our record probably stays pretty similar if we can get decent shooting to replace what Siakam can provide, especially when you consider the earlier statistics about how Scotty plays without Siakam. Dude, that that kid Kason Wallace out in OKC, the the 10th overall pick from this last year's draft. Like him for Siakam and like maybe like Lou Dort and like they've got a ton of picks. Throw us picks. Right. Like I'm I'm good with that. Like this kid looks like at least he can play and like you know they've got guards already like just you know throw him our way. He's hitting, you know, I think a league high in in three point percentage. Maybe we give him some run, you know, maybe right. he, can, he can show up on our team. Like we need something like that. And I'd be willing to, to take, you know, a prospect like that. Like that's the kind of place that, that I feel we're in. And I don't think that like, 
we can get a guy of you know Darius Garland, like let alone a Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other guys just don't like move the needle for me. You know, like why are we gonna give up Pascal Siakam for Anthony Simons? Mm-hmm. You know, Anthony Simons, I don't think he's ever gonna be an All Star. Depends on how many players in the league, but I I know what you mean. I I know what you mean. He doesn't have that real one hundred percent punch to him. Um, <laughs> personally, and I think a true All Star is like three All Stars. Like you have the ability to make three All Star teams <laughs> over the course of your career, over True. like a five stretch. You know, not like a, you know, I made it one year because the fans liked me. So Siakam is on the potential of being a true All Star, in yes. that logic exactly. Which I, I agree that I don't think he that also Simon has All NBA stuff. Yes, but I agree that he Simon's wouldn't. I don't think Simon's would reach a Siakam level of potential as a surefire bet 100 percent, he wouldn't reach that as a surefire bet so i know what you mean um and like what would portland do with him yeah, that know? is also true uh, what i was gonna say was like i'm still sad about the coloco injury because i was hoping that he was gonna come in and show that you know he could be serviceable be rotational and it could give the front office a little bit of a okay we do have one more young piece to maybe not look as us needing to go now because, right, when you think about what a rebuild is, is it's like how many young pieces that are actually serviceable, that are actually good, can we collect to then find the right squad? And Coloco is still that question mark right now of what he can do. And I, I love Jakob Pertl. He's he's a great player. He's a good player. He has his moments. But there are times when I when I see his age, and I, I don't I don't love to think about that, but it's like, man, he's slow sometimes. There, there's Bro, times where... <laughs> I know, but I see it, man. I see it in the same way that I used to think that Surge wasn't old, but I was like, Surge, sometimes you're just slow looking, man. It is he's, what it is. Like he's great against, you know, all centers in the NBA who aren't athlete like super athletes. Yeah. Like unless you're playing, you know, the the Jokic's, the MB, the the ADs, he's actually very good. He's very mm-hmm. serviceable, uh, can hold his own in, in you know, the most part of that. Um, I I don't mind Yak on the team. I mean, he's the most efficient, you know, field goal getter in the in the NBA. Right. Um, the pick and roll has been working with him, whether it's Pascal or Dennis. Like both of them know how to utilize Yak, mm-hmm. and Yak great at that. Um, but I agree with you that you know Coloco could have shown that like he has that ability to like learn under Yak. Um, it might it also might alleviate like us having to keep a guy like Precious. Yeah. Uh, because Precious is a great small ball five, and he's actually our most effective player against a guy like Embiid, right? And I think Coloco would have a similar effect, a better effect than than Yak would. But even to expand on that too, like if we move Siakam for a guard that can play good defense out on the wing, we don't have to rely on OG to be as much of a wing defender as we've had on so many. Think about what he's done to players like Donovan Mitchell, right? Think about what he's had because we haven't had a choice. poor Donovan Mitchell, but if we have somebody who can, you know, not do what OG does to Donovan Mitchell, but at least be serviceable and not get, you know, ruled off the floor and roasted, then he can move in and support the bigs in a better situation. Him and Precious can have more of a punch. Scotty can be that big to come around, right? We relied on Siakam to be a small ball five in so many scenarios, but if we move off that big name small ball five and let that, that rotation of bigs kind of figured out while having more money and more power put towards you know that other end of our roster you know we can utilize og and and scotty in more of a one-two punch than we have in the past potentially but this is this is again just the struggle of theory crafting right like there's so many different ways you can take the team but you have to find 
the right player if you're moving somebody out and that's that's the struggle we sit in right now yeah no absolutely man and like the other struggle also is that like when we do play cohesively and it's like a three-headed monster yeah between siakam scotty and og we don't see it for for long spurts but when we do see it i mean they are a formidable three and like it's it's hard to break that up but the thing is is like everybody loses when they play like five guys at the ymca who don't know each other right yep Yep. the thing is the raptors do it every other game like we are playing like we don't like each other like we don't know each other every other game like that sometimes a quarter a game even like it happens like in stretches in the games too yeah and i know darko's really trying to root that out of them and like maybe he will maybe he won't i just feel like that you know these guys are like they're grown men you know they're you know yeah. all their 20s they are who they are and i love scotty scotty might be a little selfish and that might you know also rub siakam the wrong way and they're both competing for that number one guy on this team yep and siakam doesn't want to give it up and scotty thinks that he's already better than him and i just i don't see how you can you know really push into the playoffs and do anything if they're if you all don't have the same vision and i think that's our base our biggest flaws that we all we're not pulling in the same direction and that's you know that's when teams with a ton of talent middle around like we are yep i mean i can't think of a team that's won a championship in the past 10 years that i've been paying to the nba that hasn't really had a cohesive unit come together yeah to win total absolutely yeah you can't just be five guys out there like it's just it's not it's not possible even even the warriors had that true unit of a bench mob to come in some great guys to come in even when they had their hampton five situation for sure yeah no man iguodala was huge on those teams you know they had backup like um centers uh bogut and kavon looney were great um john livingston back in the day yeah exactly this is the thing right you have to you have to have the right players that are willing to buy in and make things happen and like you know, you think about the Warriors dynasty collapsing right now. It's because, well, their stars that are getting paid the big bucks are, are not showing up, but they're not playing great. And the guys that are supposed to step up and be that as next phase haven't had the opportunity to refine their game over the years. So, like, they're stuck in purgatory almost. Hey, Amen. Honestly, like, uh, unfortunately, Draymond and Claire are no longer those kinds of players. I don't think Dre was ever really that, like, top-tier echelon kind of player like he get was that, paid at. Get that dig in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, he's paid like it, and they yep. still get like it, and Steph's the only one who show, who's showing up for that team. And you're right, like, Moses Moody's hot, and, and Steve Kerr will pull him out, out of the game in a close fourth-quarter game because he's young. So it's they're in they're in a tough spot, and their, their dynasty's imploding in front of our face. Um, I really, really thought though after the pinnacle of Steph winning, that was going to be it. I, like I didn't, because like I didn't think that that was a likely championship. If you were to roll that season back a hundred times, they don't win it. You know, forty of the times. Oh, definitely. Not. I guarantee you. You know, they could win a ten. We live in the reality where they do, but like I just. I could re-roll that and, and easily see Boston coming out or the Lakers or, you know. You know. I, I try to remind myself every time I think to myself, man, we live in the wrong timeline, that the Raptors got a championship in this timeline. So even if even if it feels like maybe the wrong timeline, there is that little moment that, that maybe you happened. Know there's that timeline where we're like four-time defending champions, right? Like, <laughs> oh, Just take the knife out. Exactly. Okay. So 
four three you know four three situation since since we last talked. We've got some good games coming up ahead. The team is figuring it out. Obviously, hopefully Grady he had a nice bounce back game in the G League after looking flustered with his shot. I mean, there, there's rumors that apparently they've changed his shot. He's changed his shot. I don't know what's happening. All I know is, please, man, you got this. We believe in you. He's a shooter, man. He's been shooting since he was a little kid. Yep. Uh, he'll figure it out. And it's all about the confidence. It's all about, you know, figuring that out. And I I think that he will. Um, It's probably harder to get around screens in this league, you know, than what he was used to in college. So yep. he'll, bulk, he'll bulk up. And, again, people were so down on Scotty. You remember three, two years ago when I was down on jaw, you, you know, that third year, second year, like people figure it out. So the thing. yeah, he's young, man. He's, so, he's a young, young guy. So seven-ish winnable games. We're still talking about this stretch leading up to the Denver Nuggets. And, you yeah. know, you know, we went four and three over the last seven games. I would prefer a more positive outcome than four and three in the next seven games. And we should get that. We talk about the paper and our boys. And how they should come out on top. Well, I have hopes Girl, that. You gotta believe. Okay, so like the Heat is in this in this seven game stretch, but besides that, it's two against the Knicks, two against the Hornets, and two against the Hawks. Like we should be able to get good wins there. We should be able to get multiple wins. The you know the Hornets without Lamelo. Yeah. Um, we should beat the Knicks. I'm sorry, we just should, and also we should beat the hawks um and i believe that we should beat the heat like i don't think that jimmy butler and bam Adebayo should you know be a team that we're scared of especially with with the players that we have i mean scotty and og boom done and then you yep. got siakam theoretically but again it's got to come together man we got to play as a team and who knows if we will i would love to see it and be a 15 and 11 by the time we play denver that would be ideal but you know, you always talk about how it's 30 games into the season where we really, really know most likely what, what each team is going to be. And this is right before that mark, you know. And so, obviously, we're out of the in-season tournament, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Sadness for us. But we've got some good games. we got to get some wins. Darko can keep chugging along what he's doing. And, you know, if we could get a little bit above 500 you know when you think about where the the east is sitting right now a little bit of about 500 is in the playoff hunt it's in that seventh sixth position right and so we we can make that jump we have the possibility in the next week no man it's so tight like honestly 11 and 8 and uh is is six seed right like we beat the Knicks tonight and they're 11 and 8 we're 10 and 10 we're only a couple games back there's so much time in the season and again 30-ish games, roughly, is when you know what the team should be. I mean, there's always surprises. There's always teams that can flip it around. But, and I think that, like, this iteration of us, unless we trade Siakam, middling, we'll hover. We'll lose our first round pick. We won't be able to get a guard. Is is our life. <laughs> that, that's struggles. Okay, let's let's move out of Raptors because we can talk about them for days. We can we keep for going days. on forever for days for days. Exactly. Okay, let's get some news out of the way and then we can talk about the end season tournament. We can talk about some streaks and all that. Cause the Dallas Mavericks, man, they came into season. They're playing well. Things are going strong. Left field, all of a sudden, the reports are Mark Cuban selling the team now. Very interesting deal. Guy gains. Sorry, guy keeps full control still of basketball operations. He's letting in Miriam Adelson, absolute billionaire, monster of the gambling casino world. 
Does this mean a change in the environment? Is Cuban going to hold the Dallas Mavericks at gunpoint to the Texas board and be like, you need to legalize gambling or we're going to Vegas? Like, really interesting situation. But Matt, wouldn't you love to be able to sell something of yours for $3.5 billion and still kind of control everything about it and basically own it in the same way? Bro, especially when I paid like $100 million for it, right? Like, geez, this man made oh, some man. good money on this deal in 23 years. Uh, yeah, no, he he got his cake and he's eating it too, man. Like, oh, man. he's going to get all that money and he's going to get to control the team. He's going to get to invest in other things. He heck, man, he could buy another franchise if he wanted at this point. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, I think that Mark Cuban is, is definitely a, a, a very, very smart man. Um, is a business mogul and yeah i think he knows what he's doing man if he you know builds a a mini vegas in in texas more power to him man because who cares <laughs> well, like, <laughs> i mean this is the thing right like that <laughs> doesn't, doesn't affect us but it's a really interesting situation we're gonna follow it but you know mark cuban a guy who's been a, a staple of the nba for over two decades now you know came in Bought a franchise, helped lead them to a championship. So at the end of the day, people are like, oh, no, Mark Cuban's going to he's selling all his assets. He's leaving Shark Tank. He's going to go run for president. It's like, well, well, calm down, people. Calm down. Like, don't don't take it that far. <laughs> Bro, I would uh, I'd say he'd be a better president than the two candidates <laughs> that are front running. What's but up? I mean, like, you say a lot of things to be better than two candidates. That, that are let's not get into American politics. We could we could be making jokes for days, and then we're gonna get the CIA after us. But yeah, I'm really interesting. Well done for well done for Cuban. Let's let's move on. I don't I don't really want to talk about the LeBron situation. You know, his manager is apparently in hot water for gambling. Blah blah blah. We'll see if it comes back to LeBron. But you know what? It, it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. It's it's not Man. like it's it's just money. Honestly, I think we should really just talk about the Orlando Magic. Because I think the Orlando Magic are having probably the most surprising season in the NBA. And that's saying something considering where the T-Wolves are doing. Yeah. Um, Franz Wagner, uh, Paolo Banquero, Jalen Suggs, who is definitely nowhere near the player Scotty Barnes is. But what a heck of an engine he is. Like, what a, like, yeah. team heart and soul kind of guy he is. Cole Anthony proving us right that he he was worth you know a higher pick in that draft and man Fu they're they're looking good they're looking really good future six man of the year Cole Anthony right here this Magic team has come together they're young they're feisty they've gotten some good wins against some teams I mean what else do we say about this squad besides the fact that I don't expect them to falter like a lot of the teams that we've seen in the past few years that come out of the gates running like they do. Like, barring a major injury, this team is, has done what they've done with some injury troubles to start the season as well. And, I mean, if people haven't accepted that Paolo Bancaro is, you know, a future all-star and is definitely a number one option on a team, like, go watch an Orlando Magic game because they're legit, man. This team is, is definitely sticking around. Well, man, him and, and Wagner have been basically, you know, like a one-two punch, and they've been, you know, definitely, definitely upper echelon in the league. Like, and they've been working together, man. It it seems like they've got that cohesion, you know? Like, they've got players who, who all fit into certain roles and all do their own thing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful to see, man. They've got great – they're a great, great basketball team. When they beat us, man, like, they beat us so handedly. It hurt. It was embarrassing. Yeah, and it was like, whoa, like, you guys just 
got beat by Orlando. Like he got beat by Jalen Suggs and and Wagner and and Bancaro and and like what are we doing out here? Like you guys, the next night come out and who do they beat? They beat Indiana. They smoked Tyrese yeah, yeah. Halliburton and the boys. Like you're like, what are we doing? And then you're like, oh, Orlando's good. Beating Denver, beating Milwaukee, you know, beating who, who's ever in front of them, man. Eight game win yeah. streak. Nine and one in their last ten, crazy. It, it's crazy, you know. Every every time we come on here, I I pull up the the wins and loss streaks of the league, expecting to be a little surprised and, and see some things. And you know, not a lot of names that have some real streaks this week, but the Magic, eight wins in a row. The next closest with the Wolves and Nuggets at three. Like the Magic's have have proved themselves. It's it's pretty legit to see them coming out here and. And deciding that hey we're gonna we're gonna put a stamp on our league right right from the start, and I mean you know shout out to to Mo Wagner the 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 brother of Franz who you know is getting me like eleven boards a night in fantasy sleeper guy you know doing pretty well tenth round like type of type of stats like again they just have guys that have bought in like you know I I hear the jokes all the time that they're the team that Masai wishes he had you know a bunch of guys that are young fit into the right places and just want to play basketball together. With a true number one in Paolo, like you know, uh, this is the story of the Orlando Magic. Scotty yeah. could definitely be that guy for us. Um, but I, I agree, it's guys fitting in the right spots. You know? They don't, they don't have a Siakam on their roster to be getting in the way of Paolo, right? They, they don't really have, like, you know, I, I talked about it what, a year or two ago when they really did that fire sale when they moved on from everybody. Like they did not really have a lot. Cole Anthony is like the oldest like standing player on this team at this point, which is crazy to think because he was never really a part of anything beforehand. And so yeah, man, the magic it's it's pretty impressive, man. They're probably the biggest surprise of the league next to next to the Wolves right beside him. Yeah, man. I'm no hundred percent. Like they've had injury troubles and they've been perfectly okay uh goga bata days but but goga badatze he's he's been good like without wendell carter like i and man markel fultz is like actually very serviceable um yeah they they've they've been playing well and they're playing for each other and i think again when you have that camaraderie when you have that brotherhood like it elevates the group man and that's yeah I don't know. It's it's what separates the good teams from the bad teams, in my my humble opinion, right? Like you get James Harden out of the 76ers and they look yeah. fantastic. Tyrese Maxey looks like he's gonna be an all NBA player. Like you you would think that a talent of James Harden's caliber would make the team better. Or you look at Kyrie and he where he goes, right? Like, I mean, yes, Dallas is having a good year this year, but he's fit in and he's not, you know, causing a fuss. He's not talking about leaving. I've heard very, very few Kyrie Irving stories, if any at all, this year. Mm-hmm. You know, just that he's been playing mediocre, that he hasn't been great, it, but nothing about his like antics off court. Yeah, yeah. And this kind of brings it full circle to my earlier comments about the idea of how the league could be ready for expansion. Because when you do find the right players who can come in and fit, you can make things work and be better than what maybe on paper you look like. You know, it used to be about you know loading up bullets into your chamber trying to build the biggest baddest strongest best team that you possibly could having four or five guys that could run the league and we're starting to see now that that sixth and seventh guy off the bench and even not them because you know six man has always been six man but you know that fourth player 
on your starting five who maybe doesn't get a lot of points but has to do everything else. You know, there's a different ways to do it right now. And the Raptors are, are trying their own experiment and it's not working. But other teams, you know, like the Magic, have, have seemed to figure out, you know, the perfect sauce to come together. Well, like you think about us a couple of years ago um, when we were a little bit younger with Precious and with Gary and those guys were coming in and trying to figure out, you know, where they fit in the lineup and just trying to earn more minutes. Yeah. And we're doing whatever was asked of them. And we had a fantastic season after Tampa, right? Like everybody projected us to be bad, but we all fit into our roles. Scotty came in. Scotty filled a void of, of yeah. doing everything. Siakam was that go-to. And we had our pieces. And then what's happened, I find, is that like our guys want more. And they're not fitting into their roles. They're trying to go outside of their roles. And they're breaking the flow of the game. And again, that's, it's just not how you win in this league, man. Um teams with a lot lesser talent are winning because they play cohesively. You know, they, they have an identity and they stick to it. <clears throat> and then, and then you get teams like the Pistons who are on a, the time. Oh. I'm sorry. I didn't think you'd go for a drink there, but man, 16 games. I was not ready for that wake up call. Look, I knew things were not going well for Cade and co. I knew that things were not in, in the right situation. I didn't know it was that bad. I knew they, you know, only had two wins, but I thought they had them a little bit more spread out. I didn't know they were that many games ago. Like we're going, we just turned into December. Matt, they didn't get a win in Bro, November. They were two and one to start the year. I'm pretty sure they got those two wins in October. Like I, that's how long oh, yeah, it's been. They were two and one to start the year. <laughs> so like there is a serious issue for a team that, like the Orlando Magic, has a ton of young guys, has potentially the right players, but they all don't seem to mesh well together, and it is just collapsing for Detroit basketball. Bro, I have no idea. Like, it just it doesn't seem to fit. Um, you would think that it would, but I they just have, I guess, too much of a hodgepodge of talent. Um, it, I don't know, man. Like, Cade Cunningham's having a good season. Um, but then it's a major drop off after him. Like Ivy and Duran are okay. Thompson's having a decent rookie season. But then you got like you're like Marvin Bagley, Killian Hayes, like Kevin Knox. Like these are guys that have you know <laughs> they've been left to dead by franchises. Yeah, for a reason, right? Like you know, there's a reason that teams have moved away from these players before. Um, so yeah, like. I think they they definitely needed to like get like veterans, you know maybe like a couple of veterans on this roster would really help shape it up like a you know like a Thad Young or an Otto Porter and a really like you know somebody teach the young guys how to play basketball because they are not playing <laughs> you winning know, basketball. <laughs> we thought the Rockets were gonna be the young trouble team, but you know they they've they've got their defense figured out and, and they're doing all right, but. Yeah, man. Oh, E-May, yeah, you're right. Emei knows how to how to bring a team together over there in the West. Do you imagine if he was our coach? Our <laughs> oh. defense would be unreal. I love Darko, and yeah. I think he's been wonders for our offense, but our defense would be unbelievable with Emei. Sorry to okay. sidetrack. No, no, don't. I love sidetracks. I'm, I'm about to sidetrack us again to a whole other place because I want to talk about the Spurs, right? Because they're the last of our team on the streaks. 13 losses in a row. You know, Wemby has been good. Not amazing not you know future generational change the game he's been good he's been all right right and you know obviously people can rip on the jeremy sohan uh point guard experiment that is not great because if you look at the numbers uh when Bignana, without jeremy 
is amazing. And Wembanyama with Jeremy is hot garbage and one of the worst offenses that has ever graced, you know, the NBA's floor. I'm just gonna leave that that beauty there. But like, Greg, Pop, my boy, like, what's going on here, dude? Like, you, you what's going on? He's changing it up the last couple games, you know, and and Wemby's kind of come on, you know, he's had back to back twenty point games, like yeah, almost yeah, yeah. four straight twenty two point games. He had twenty one the other night, so. They're trying. <laughs> They're trying. Like, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Like, Devin was injured at the beginning of the streak, no. so that didn't help. But it's tough in San Antonio. And and honestly, I I don't know if you know Pop is really committed to winning this year. I think Pop, the inventor of load management, understands <laughs> big picture better than a lot of coaches in this league. True. And he knows that he has job security, so he's not technically like coaching for wins the worse they do the better the draft pick they get the more talent they add to this, this roster around Wemby yeah. and then he like pops next year right like if you think about it Wemby's averaging 19 points a game almost 10 rebounds almost three assists almost three blocks a game which it's is, wild yeah ridiculous <laughs> and he's got a 22.1 per which is all-star level per you know and on a bad team that's lost 13 straight this is where so I not fine. I don't I I really just I think that this is a Popovich scheme. And I, and I respect that, right? I am going to take you back to our preseason predictions and how I was talking about how Wemby could be a defensive, you know, team type of player, an all defensive team type player and he's proving it when you think about just his general stats alone. So, you know, we can't be worried about the Spurs. But when I see 13 losses, my brain is like, eh, something's going on there. That's just, <laughs> that's just, this is the thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. But I mean, Wemby's been good, man. He's, he's been just as advertised. I think that like everybody who was like, you know, had those high expectations of him. This is kind of like LeBron's first year, right? Like he showed yeah. major flashes. He had games where he would take over. But I think he averaged like 20 points that year. Like, you know, it's not like he ran the league. Um, So Wemby's in that kind of similar vein, you know? And I think this is as good as you can expect a teenager to play in this league. Really, at the end of the day. He's young. He'll figure it out. Uh, And he's averaging four stocks uh, a game. Yeah, this is the thing. Steals and blocks. Like, we're pumped that, you know, Scotty's averaging three point or 2.9. You know, almost three. This guy's yeah. a rookie averaging a full extra block or steal a game. Yeah, yeah. Like that's nuts. Uh shout out shout out to Walker Kessler for coming back healthy and getting me six blocks in fantasy last night. I just wanna wanna throw that out there. My boy Walker traded for you, was Quite worth it. Good. Worth every penny yeah. I paid for you. Oh my gosh. So okay. Any, anything else in the standing wise or you wanna talk about the in season tournament before we walk away? No, nah, man, we can talk about the in season tournament. I mean like is what it is um we got our we got our eight teams remaining um like what milwaukee versus versus the lakers is that what yeah, i mean i'm a, i'm expecting yeah kind of like a milwaukee patience i would love uh, i would love a pacers versus kings that's like my dream championship matchup type of scenario but like tough tough right because you're expecting you're almost expecting boston and the bucks to win their first round. Lakers-Suns is an interesting matchup. You take Lakers because the Suns have just not been healthy. That's the real reason you take the Lakers, in my opinion. And then Kings-Pelicans is really a coin flip, honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think, you know, I think, personally, I take the Pelicans because I take Zion Williamson when he's healthy. 
That man is very, very unstoppable. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you you kind of just gave away like our mystic predictions here, buddy. <laughs> I may have leaned us a little bit too early into it, but before we give our predictions, Matt, did you enjoy the in-season tournament games? Do you think it was fun? Did you like the Celtics running the score up because they needed to get that win total? Like, you know, before we get into the knockout round, thoughts on how things played out so far? And mediocre, man. Like, yeah. I kind of, like, enjoy that they're, like, trying to do something different. It doesn't feel like the players... The players feel like they care a little bit, but it doesn't feel like, you know, too, too much. And, like, at the end of the day, like, it's not like it's going to affect, you know, their lives. Uh, so I think that like, like, it's okay. Mediocre. It's a fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the fact that, you know, regular season games are being played makes it cool. Obviously like guys, if you're bringing this back, step up your game next year, get some artists that, you know, can, can visualize. Cause some of those courts were trash. Some of those jerseys were, uh, I don't, I don't know what kind of sales you're getting on those kind of jerseys, but you know, we can do better. You know, we, yeah, our Raptors jerseys. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so yeah, we'll we'll see these games. They're coming up. They're happening this week. Obviously, the the final in Vegas next Sunday. We should be able to get together and chat before that, barring life, obviously. Uh, but yeah, let's roll rolling into hot takes here. Yeah, you kind of already heard them before. I'm taking the Kings over the Pelicans, and I'm taking a sneaky pick. Oh. Shush, shush, you. You'll get your time. Let me let me have my time over here. Okay. Uh, I'm pulling a little Skip Bayless over here, uh, and then last but not least, you know I'm I'm pulling pulling the upset. I want the Pacers over the Celtics. I just want Tyrese Halliburton. I want the image of Tyrese holding up that trophy because like their offense is wild, and I think it'd be pretty fun to see this team cook through the Celtics and then the Bucks before having to go up against most likely the Lakers in the West. Hey man, um, you know what? You you can have your pipe dreams. Um, keep your pipe dreams. But uh, I'll take, I'll definitely take the Bucks over the Knicks, and I'll take the Lakers over the Suns uh, to to kind of call the the lot the other two games, and then I'm gonna give you some football here. I'm gonna give you some some Eagles over 49ers. Um, Ooh. Ooh. I think the Eagles just know how to win football games. I mean, they're they're ten and one for a reason. They just seem to squeak out win after win. Uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't play well, but always figures out a way to to get it through at the end and. Yeah, man, it's it's just kind of crazy with them right now. So they're just kind of there. Yeah. They just kind of hang out. They keep keep getting wins. It's crazy. Bro, like, they're like in these like tight games against everybody, whether it be you know the Kansas City Chiefs or whether it be you know yeah. the Indianapolis Colts or the Jets. Like they lost to the Jets. Like what? That's the one team that they lost to on your <laughs> schedule. Really? You beat the Bills. You beat the the Chiefs. You beat you know the Cowboys. You beat everybody, but. So I, I, I think it continues. They beat the 49ers because they're not the Jets. <laughs> this, this is the thing, right? You know, unless unless the 49ers decide that they're going to let their entire cleaning staff play on the field that day, like, it's just not going to happen for them. They, they're they just going to beat up that upper competition right there. It's it's a wild time. So Exactly. Beautiful, my friend. Well, anything else this week? No, man. You're good to wrap us up. Sweet. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at TheBoardSports. Like, subscribe. Give us that thumbs up. Check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.